Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we have all the CES coverage you've been looking for right here in a full-packed episode. We talk about Sony products no one wants, Samsung makes Michael Bay go crazy, and AT&T is uh, doing some unfair shady stuff. All that and more on this episode of Don't Panic. This is Don't Panic, episode number 28, recorded January 6th, 2014, on Michael Bay's implosion, Lenovo's nipples, and CES coverage, part one. Good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Don't Panic, the ultimate technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you. We don't have time for jokes. If we have so many news, we're going to get right into it. I'm Sean, they're Colby, and Dan, and uh, boy, are we, uh, this may be our biggest show of the year, and the year's only just begun. Um, I'm looking at our show doc, and we have a hundred stories, so uh, we're going to jump right in. As many of you know, it is CES this week. Believe it or not, the show hasn't even started yet. Tomorrow is day one, and yet we have all what? the announcements. I know, it's weird. They do all the announcements on day zero. Go figure. Um, so we have all the announcements. We're going to go through everything that's been announced, some big stories that have come out. Um, we're going to make sure now, going to guarantee we we're not going to hit everything, but we're going to hit the things you need to know uh, because that's what we're here for. But I want to start out with a fun clip Um Today, among many companies, uh, Samsung had their announcement uh, with a guest appearance by director and explosion expert Michael Bay uh, to come in and endorse their televisions, and we have a uh, clip of how his appearance went, so we're going to try using the uh, YouTube Hangout tool uh, to play it. So let me launch this. Okay, and let's, uh, let's play this. What? Do I have to do something? <laughs> God damn it. Can you see it? No. <laughs> I can't hear you guys either. You're, you're both auto-muted or whatever. Okay, so here's what we're going to do instead, because that <laughs> didn't work. Um, I am going to splice it into the recorded version. Uh, if you're listening live, uh, just Google Michael Bay Samsung on YouTube. It's epic and hilarious. Uh, and a great way to start off our CES coverage. If only Colby didn't screw it up. <laughs> it's okay. We'll take care of it. No worries. So uh, is there any one... Uh, we'll start with the many press conferences. Any company you guys want to start out with, or should we just pick one and go with it? We could go chronologically. Uh, these aren't in chronological... Oh, I guess I'm trying to remember. In chronological... Um, NVIDIA was first. NVIDIA right? was first. Let's talk about NVIDIA, the uh, graphics company, the chip manufacturer. And um, they talked about the evolution of their Tegra processor, uh, the first with dual core, the first with quad core. Uh, and, uh, Colby, how many cores do you think they go to after uh, quad cores? <laughs> Eight cores? Ten cores? Twelve cores? Sixty-four cores. Sixty-four cores is your guess? What yeah. if I told you... They squeezed 192 cores onto a single chip. Have 192? I just blown your mind? Yeah. 192. I kid you not. Nvidia debuts the Tegra K1 processor. That's too many cores. It's an irresponsible <laughs> amount of cores, is what it is. Um, you know, and how they got 192, I have no idea. 
What is it? Is it like the size of a football field? Like it's huge. <laughs> so it's. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I thought I understood this before, but it's it's a graphics <laughs> card. Yeah. No. Not no. A Tegra Four is because the uh, Nvidia does make graphics, but the Tegra series is an all-in-one chip, similar to uh, Qualcomm, similar yes. to... Yes, Those but are... the 192 cores they're mentioning aren't uh, aren't usable by just any program. That's not... Right, those are in... GPU chips. Uh, right, so uh, Colby, it's... Ah, all his knowledge has left my brain. Computer. Uh, it's not ARM it's architecture at this point. It's the NVIDIA CUDA stuff that you can, like, uh, Bitcoin miners use it, because uh, graphics cards are not the same as CPUs, but you mm. can write assembly for them and do things. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out that, gra- like, generating graphics, also known as doing math, is, uh, they're really good at doing math. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so that's it's not like this is a 192 core process. Right, those it's are faster than all the desktops that you can buy. Now, on the same chip is uh, you actually comes in two versions. One is a 32-bit quad-core ARM CPU, yeah. and a second variant 64-bit dual-core Denver uh, ARM CPU, which is a which is a new design. Uh, this is going to be put in everything from Televisions, smartphones, tablets, game consoles, cars. Uh, they're promising uh, ridiculous speeds. Um, so they are. They demoed a uh, a game engine that isn't even released yet. I don't think. Uh, it, it's was it released just recently. It's not on mobile yet. Yeah, so they have a gra- like a desktop, a current gen desktop game engine running on this thing that can you can put in a smartphone. So like you could play a PS3 game on the smartphone that has the chip in it in oh. full graphics fidelity. Right. Even but... better than PS3 actually, from what they showed. And I, I recommend going and looking the because uh, they, they live streamed this along with uh, most of the other events uh, at CES. But they had a really wonderful demo um, using their uh, Nvidia Shield project um, and 4K to show off the power of this chip. And uh, using the Unreal 4 engine, um, I mean, it looked really good. Now, of course, this is a demo; it's hard to say in the real life how it'll look. But um, I mean, well, it was, but it was definitely real time. They oh, were yeah. doing whatever they wanted with it. It was an interactive demo. Oh, yeah, 100%. It, it really was. But they were, and, you know, these chip guys, they get real detail, and they're saying, oh, look at the light reflectivity off of this trash That can. was look really cool, though. But so it was. I totally One of the coolest agreed. things was that they would talk about, like, oh, can't you just feel how this thing is like a matted plastic when you're looking at it? And I was like, I can. Now that you mention it, like, that does look like something I could reach out and touch, and it looks like matted plastic. Like, I can feel in my eyes how matted that plastic is. And then another really cool thing they talked about was how they they did, like, a human face, which no one does because everyone knows how to look, what a, you know, what a human face looks like. But they had basically uh, 
modeled it physically instead of just like in polygons. So the skin wasn't just something that light came bounced off of. Light got absorbed into it. So like light would pass through the ears of the guy and there was a certain glow to the skin that changed depending on the lighting that they put him in. Good. It was really cool. It, and it, this it all runs on mobile, right? Oh, absolutely. Tablets, yeah. phones. Um, yep. they, they did some demonstrations with cars. Um, yeah. Showing off the graphics. They showed uh, the ability to do textures, real-time rendering. Um, it was a really wonderful visual demo, and I recommend people go and look at it if they're interested. Um, of course, with most chip manufacturers, announcing a chip is one thing. It takes a long time to get it in product, so we probably won't see it in anything uh, until towards the end of 2014. Um, but it is interesting to point that NVIDIA has taken uh, a big lead in the uh, mobile processor market, um, a place where Intel is really lacking and uh, a place where they can really make an impact. Indeed. Uh, especially Indeed. in this 4K world. Yeah. I bet that's going to be great for battery life. <laughs> well, you know, they they didn't mention battery life. So. But they did show a chart that said that, like, the desktop equivalent of this graphics card uses, like, like 150-plus <coughs> watts, and this one uses 4 watts. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. It was a bit... It's not that many watts. Well, <laughs> it's certainly more efficient than a desktop graphics card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, who knows? You might. Cool. You know, they, they've claimed that you you may one day see, and we'll talk about the steam machines, but certainly smaller desktop computers could one day be even powered by a, a chip of this size. So, um, or you we'll could put multiple of them <gasps> in a bigger desktop computer. Dan, you're crazy. I don't <laughs> believe it. You're out of your mind. Um. That was NVIDIA. Uh, let's move on. If we're doing this chronologically, then we had to start off this morning with uh, Asus, the fine folks at Asus. Um, just briefly mentioning what they have to offer. Um, first, uh, have you guys ever heard of the Pad Phone? I hadn't heard of it. I had heard of it, but I was re-reminded of it today. They've had it um, internationally for quite a while, never in the U.S. Well, finally... If you've been waiting for a phone you can dock into your tablet, Asus has the product for you. That's right, the PadPhone X and the uh, PadPhone Mini are both coming to AT&T this year. Um, it's a Yeah, I know, you've really been waiting. Um, and it's, a, <laughs> it's an Asus smartphone, and do you guys remember, I think it was Samsung, had like a laptop, and you would plug your phone into it, and it would run the laptop? Yeah, I remember, but I remember. Didn't it? It like stuck out the back in a really. Oh, it was awful! Way. It was a terrible product. This is the same <laughs> idea, hopefully not as terrible. That the uh, tablet runs off of your phone. Essentially, all you're doing is plugging it in easily to a bigger screen. Huh. Um, it's a five-inch 1080p display on the PadPhone X. There is also the uh, PadPhone Mini, which is a. A seven-inch tablet, which you can dock into your four-inch phone. Um, the PadPhone X. Uh, I don't see a price here for the PadPhone X. I know the PadPhone Mini is uh, going to be two forty-nine. Uh, I'm assuming on contract. Although maybe not. Wasn't there a story about how it was ridiculously cheap, or was that another Asus? Those phone? are their. 
Yeah, those were the phones. The, this is the tablet. Oh, oh okay. Oh. Um, it's also interesting to note that both of the phones, all of the phones Asus announced today, run on Intel chips. Uh, very few phones these days run Ooh. on Intel chips. Um, it is on their uh, Intel Atom processor, uh, running Android 4.3. And they also announced the Asus Zen phone. Uh, these are coming to the U.S. as well. And these, Dan, as you talked about, are incredibly cheap. Uh, they come in four, five, and six-inch models in a variety of colors starting at just $99, no contract. Um, they uh, early uh, hands-on have said that they're very solid phones, very nice phones. Uh, it has a custom UI they've put together um, called Zen UI. Who knows? Could be good, could be bad. We'll have to wait and see on that. Statistically speaking, it's 100% <laughs> going to be bad. Oh, <laughs> come on. we got to give it a shot. This is new. They haven't had this before. Uh, and it's a, a supposedly a big update. Uh, it comes with an 8-megapixel rear camera. Uh, and um, there you go. So those are both from Asus. Uh, they will be available later this year, all on AT&T. Asus also announced the Asus Transformer Book Duet. Uh hybrid. Uh, this is a device that is a, a laptop that you can pull off the screen and that becomes a tablet. Uh, but what's really interesting about this product is that it is a uh, dual boot computer, meaning that it can switch uh, they claim within four seconds between Windows 8.1 and Android Jelly Bean. Now uh, they have had those at every CES since I've known the CES thing. But first it was, it was Windows and Linux back in the uh, and what were those things called? Those silly little laptops that were like a hundred dollars. Netbooks. Back in the netbooks days, yeah. yeah you're gonna have <laughs> your computer that ran Linux and Windows, depending on like what battery life you wanted or something. And then once Honeycomb came out, it was Windows and Android on tablet, and maybe even before that, when like Samsung used to make uh, Android tablets that weren't uh, tablet optimized. Android or whatever, uh, but none of them have ever come out. So well, I <laughs> I will tell you what the difference is because there is a difference. Okay. Many of those previous models usually went one of two ways: either they had two different processors, an Intel chip and an ARM chip, mm-hmm. the ARM chip just for Android, Intel just for Windows, or they did it on a uh, virtualized Android within mm-hmm. Windows. As far as I've read. This is the first, or one of the first, um, to actually do it uh, switching on one single Intel chip and not virtualizing, running it full on the chip. Android can run on Intel? That's what they say. Or is this an Intel ARM chip that's running Windows 8 ARM? No, this is a Core i7. Interesting. So, and this is what Intel announced in their press conference tonight: is that they have developed technology to do do what they call dual OS um, on the Intel chip. Now, if it's some, it's not virtualization in Windows. I'm guessing it's some kind of virtualization on a chip. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough. They obviously haven't. This is new, so they haven't announced a lot of details. But uh, video reports have shown that it will flip between both operating systems in four seconds. I mean, it's, it's actually really quick, just the touch of a button. Um, as I said, Core i7, uh, and of course it's configurable, 13-inch uh, monitor. Um, that, 
and its base model will be $599, which is a really low price, of course. You'll probably want to upgrade. I think it's $699 if you want the HD display and then more as you uh, upgrade the various features. HD. So, um, my HD question... is so 2013. <laughs> yeah, where's the UHD? The UHD. That's right. Um, so, my question to you guys, and I wanted to, as one of kind of our overarching themes of CES, um... Do you think there's a place for the dual OS market? Do you think people want the ability to run Windows and Android on the same device? No. I mean, what, what do we think? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, there, there's, like, one guy. <laughs> that one guy. That can already do that on their own. I don't think anyone's going to buy it to, like, switch... Especially not Windows and Android. And it's, like, they don't, like, play particularly well together or anything, I don't think. Like any more than normal. Yeah, what would be the use case for switching between them? My guess, and, and this is, I'm trying to think in the mind of a consumer, my guess would be Metro isn't great for touch, it isn't great for fun, and, and I, the Android App Store is much more enriched than Windows. So my guess is you can't, I don't think anyone can live as their main computer being an Android device, but at the same time, you don't get as much flexibility with Windows. And my guess would be they did some research and found, hey, for almost no extra money, we can throw Android on these computers and claim it's a brand new thing. I don't think it takes away from the product. How many people will use it? I don't know. What about all those people who don't even have computers anymore? They just use their phone, and it could very well be an Android phone for everything. Do those people really exist, though? Yes. Yep. Like, I've like met I know, many I, of them. I know the phone is the primary device, but if you really have to get something done, you really... I. I you like, what do they have to get done? I'm sure, I'm sure, like, most people have a computer at work or something, right? But, like, when they go home, like, I feel like there's there are very few things you can't do on your phone. So, instead of thinking as, of this as a way to get Windows people to use Android, maybe this is a way for Android people to, buy to use Windows. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> that could be. You know, honestly, I mean, with the problem with Windows 8 App Store and... Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to learn that that's the case. Um, so, uh, let's see. There isn't a release date on the Duo. Uh, I should point out, most of the things we're going to talk about today don't have a price and don't have an announcement date or a release date. This mm-hmm. one happened to have a price, so so you know. That's the beauty of CES. And some of these products will never come out because that's CES. Yeah. Um, I want to briefly talk about uh, Lenovo the fine folks at Lenovo, um, who held a very small press conference. And, yeah, I pulled out two of their products. They announced uh, updates to their laptops, and uh, they have a new 8-inch Windows tablet. Are are we going to talk about the keyboard? There's a keyboard? So when Lenovo updated one of their tablets, they're like Ultrabook uh, X something. Oh, the Carbon X1? Maybe, yeah, laptop, not tablet. Right. Uh, they did a couple of interesting things. Uh, if you can, I don't know. Is there a picture that you can pull up? I wasn't prepared. At of all. the new X one. Lenovo. <laughs> yeah, Google's uh, probably the way to go. Keyboard merge. Uh, anyways, they like put the delete and the backspace button as like uh, toggles on 
on a key, so you'd press one side of the key for one and the other side of the key for the other, and they got rid of the caps lock button and did the same thing with that, and they got rid of a bunch of other things. I can't find it. Anyways, people who have been using Lenovo keyboards for a long time expect it to be the way it's been for like the past 15 years, and now it's <laughs> Also, the uh, the tilde is down, like, where next to the left arrow key. Uh, right. Yeah. There's no escape button, I think. That was true. Uh, now, yeah, anyways. Yeah, I'm going to try... I'm trying really hard now to uh, to track this down. Um, that sounds crazy. Um, while I'm looking this up, um, we can talk about... Uh, Again, many products. Uh, here we go. Lenovo ThinkPad, hands-on pictures. Thanks, Google. Google's the best, Google. isn't it? Jeez, I bet that company's gone some places. We should buy some stock when it goes public. <laughs> so here, here. I got. I got. A, I finally took a minute. I got a picture. So let's go screen share. Okay. So uh, you'll see that there is no yeah. uh, caps lock. Uh, instead, you see the home end buttons there. Yeah, the home and the end button. Like, who uses those? Uh, oh, the escape button is people, there. No, people do use those. I do. I do a lot. They Yeah, because when people switch to Mac, they, like, freak out because there's no home and end button. And they're like, how do you do that? And I was like, I don't know. I've never used the home or end button. <laughs> but they do. I didn't even know what they did until very, like, a couple weeks ago. I still don't know ago. what the end button does. It it does it's it's like the opposite the of the, the home page. button. It looks like the end of the page. What's the home button do then? To the top of the page. Ah, that's G G and uppercase G. All right. <laughs> Such a nerd. Uh, there is a shift lock as well on this new keyboard. Um, and there you oh, yeah, hear the hybrid backspace delete button. Like how many people are even aware that backspace and delete are two different things? They're not separate on most PC keyboards, are they? Mine is. What? Well, if you have a full PC keyboard. Yeah, if you have a full-size keyboard. But this is on a, a 15-inch computer. I mean, they had room. Um, I think they yeah. just want to make the keys individually more spacious. Lenovo is known for their uh, for their keyboards. Well, and there's yeah. a big-ass trackpad. And there's the... As you can see the tilde there, but not really over the live stream. But it's right there to the right of the alt button. That's so weird. Oh, yeah, look at that. There is. The also, little... I think they got rid of the backslash... Was something I also heard people talking about. Then how do you but, Windows? <laughs> then how do you Windows? I don't know. Yeah, no, it's oh, a... Oh, there it is. I don't know. People were really upset. Yeah, there's the... Yeah. Well, you know, people and their keyboards, uh, you know, they get really picky about that stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad they still have the nipple, though. The, uh, the Lenovo nipple will never go away. <laughs> it's here God. to stay. Show it to um, yeah, yeah, there you go. Loving the <laughs> Lenovo nipple. Um, <laughs> so uh, I wanted to briefly mention the Lenovo ThinkVision 28 monitor. Uh, it is a 4K 28-inch monitor uh, that, for you numbers folks, is a 3840 by 2160 pixel resolution. But it's also an Android all-in-one device. That's right, this is a uh, touch computer that has a processor in the monitor itself and will run Android without having to connect it to anything else. At 4K else. resolution? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, it Sorry. says it runs Android 4.4 and houses an NVIDIA Tegra 4 CPU. Um, 
as far as it says it does, there it's got to be feelings. <laughs> so all your ass will look terrible. <laughs> well, you know, and I will. This is a story. Your regular Android tablet is bad. It's like an uh, article. You'll to, never believe to, what this manufacturer did to Android tablets <laughs> to make them even worse. <laughs> um, and the amazing thing is, um, guess how much this 28-inch monitor costs? 4K. 4K. Oh, you're saying $4,000. <laughs> yeah. How about $7.99? Oh, wow. What? That's really not Maybe bad. Maybe I'll get one. <laughs> It starts unfortunately. So the thing that I like is it does the like fold down on the table, so you can like. Yes, it folds flat. Yeah. Uh, It has 32 gigabytes of internal storage and includes Bluetooth 4.0, NFC, and Miracast software built in. So uh, I think it's an interesting idea to uh, to make this monitor, and it is a 4K monitor. Obviously, you can plug anything else into it, but uh, it does run Android right out of the box. However. OS X doesn't support all 4K monitors yet. That sounds like an Apple problem, doesn't it? It, it is an Apple problem. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, the, other Lenovo, uh, the other Lenovo announcement I thought was cool was these gorgeous media hubs they announced. Look at how cool these things look. Uh, these are... Um, they're called Beacon... Um, it is priced at $199, though it doesn't have any storage. You plug your own storage into it, but it comes preloaded with X- XBMC, dual hard drive bays, which can hold up to 6 terabytes. Uh, it's powered by a dual-core Atom processor that can stream whatever you put inside, regardless of format. It'll do the converting for you. Um, and uh, <laughs> you can control it using your phone or tablet. What does it stream to, though? Like, um, like a Lenovo app? How? How? Uh, HDMI, Ethernet, USB. Oh, can you it's like? It's essentially like it's like a Roku. You know, it's 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 a device to plug into your television. But this oh. the problem with a device like a Roku is you have to use a certain format because mm-hmm. this has a processor in it. It'll handle a lot more stuff. It'll do converting. It'll do streaming better. Cool. Um, this is if you were put it this way. If you were a real heavy torrent person or a real, this would be the thing you'd want to buy. <laughs> Uh, it is one ninety nine, and and I think it looks pretty slick. Uh, props cool. to the folks. I just have to say, I think Lenovo makes really pretty products. Yeah, I think they they have a they have a certain style all their own, and they they go with it. Certainly mm-hmm. better than what they used to be. Those old uh, kind of business boring. And then their personal their personal like. Business boring is fine. Like those are still good computers, but their personal line, like when we were freshmen in college, those were bad computers. Oh, they were. They were terrible. And they are really good looking terrible. now. If you look at that Carbon X1, that's a mm, sweet. Yeah. That's a sweet computer. So, question: oh, uh, Does Vizio still make computers, or do they give up on that? Vizio does, and they announced updates to them. Uh, no uh, hardware, no uh, design changes, but they did upgrade all the okay. internals. And from what I've read, because um, when I was looking at computers, I actually looked. They are really good-looking computers. Yeah, but they had a couple of keyboard is terrible, right? Keyboard's well. terrible. The battery life was terrible, and apparently they addressed a lot of these issues. So uh, I'm waiting to see for the uh, full reviews to come in, but they have updated cool. those. Nice. Um, let's talk briefly about Dish. Dish is, uh, always has an announcement at CES every year, uh, and just quickly, they're known for their hopper. Uh, DVR system, which is a main DVR, and then uh, 
that records up to six shows at once, and then you have all the smaller boxes in your other rooms. Um, they announced the Super Joey, which is the superhero of Uncle wow. Joey from Full House. Uh, no, that's not <laughs> They should get Dave Coulier to endorse this. Um, and uh, it is a set-top box that adds two additional network tuner to your hop- to the hopper, which means you can now record up to eight shows at once. Dear. Yes, eight shows at once. Wow. For if you're out of your mind. I barely want to actually record one show a day. <laughs> Are there, are there even eight sh- eight different shows on TV at the same time? Believe like, <laughs> it or not, yes, there are. And thousands of channels, are. Colby. Thousands. Yep. And there's got to be something worth watching, right? Uh, the other thing they announced is the wireless Joey. Um, and what this does is it streams. The way the original Joey works is it's over coaxial that it takes it from your main DVR to each box. This does it over Wi-Fi, but what's interesting is this actually creates a private network between the box and, say, your bedroom and the main box. It's not over your household Wi-Fi. It creates a direct connection um, to hopefully uh, avoid interference and uh, have a stronger connection that it's not sharing with everything else in your home. Uh, and the other one is that LG smart TVs are going to have a app for Dish uh, in addition to the PlayStations 3 and 4, uh, which will work in the same way as your uh, as a Joey would, so you can watch more content uh, streamed from your main box. So if you're a Dish subscriber, you're getting all kinds of cool new stuff. Moving on, uh, let's talk Samsung. Uh, outside of Michael Bay's meltdown, they did announce some products. Um, I enjoyed when, I just have to say, one of my favorite Laugh Out Loud moments was when they made a big deal about how now uh, Samsung is partnering with the PGA to bring 360 golf access to everybody. Um, so now 360. everyone... 360? 360. Like degrees or days in a year? <laughs> no, I think what they meant is an analogy for a, a complete experience, but... Uh, both of those options would probably be better. Um, I would be really excited about 360-degree golf experience. 360 awesome. um, so, outside of golf, uh, Samsung announced a lot of things. This golfer is burning. It's... Jesus Christ. Um, so, they... Uh, Just picture them running around the screen. <laughs> Colby, uh, do you not like golf, man? Jeez, this is dark. This is getting dark. Um, in the announcement, they had their big streaming couple-hour announcement. Uh, across all their product lines, they announced a 4K streaming partnership with Amazon, Netflix, and uh, other services, including Comcast and DirecTV. Uh, Yay! Two Ultra HD TVs. Yes, it's wonderful. I will say Netflix, Reed Hastings, is making the rounds. He's shown up at almost every major announcement. Uh, Sony is partnering with Netflix. Samsung is partnering with... Everyone is partnering with Netflix. So for 4K. For 4K... So, uh, how many games? Is it wh- how how do we think what do we think about the idea that uh 4K movies just won't be physically distributed at all? Um I think eventually. I think eventually they will be because I think there will be some level of demand, but you know, there has not been a single mention of physical 4K once in the entirety of CES so far. Not one. I've been trying to listen and find out. Not one. So. I mean, can well, they fit if, a feature-length 4K DVD on a Blu-ray? Is that like I don't? Oh, yeah. I don't even know. Okay. Oh yeah, I definitely think they can. As far as I know, I believe they can. I just don't I think mean, anyone if, wants. 
And if it'll fit on Blu-ray, then why not? Right? Well, the thing is, is most Blu-ray players that are in people's homes now uh, natively don't support 4K, which is the right. problem. New ones coming out do, um, but unless you have that 4K TV and a new Blu-ray, I, I guess it's easier to just stream directly to the apps on the smart TV. Yeah, that seems. You know, I can't blame. It, them it for seems going like first. Netflix is going to beat all the studios to market with this 4K um, stuff. Yeah, it, it is to a degree, and certainly Netflix is going to be the most universal. You know, Sony yeah. said because they own a movie studio, they can. They're streaming stuff. Um, but I think Netflix is certainly... But Sony Netflix, didn't announce that they're going to start, like, producing movies in 4K. Like, I imagine that's, like, a huge thing no, maybe that they want to do because you can resell all the movies that you bought in Blu-ray in 4K Blu-ray now. Uh, Sony's been producing movies in 4K for years because they make the cameras that they shoot movies with. Um, right, I meant producing DVDs. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Selling yeah. them to people, selling discs to people, again. Like, how many times have you bought this, your favorite movie? They try to do it with 3D. You know, we. Uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me to see that be the case. But you'd think they would announce that now if they were going to do it. Why not? I, it's free money. I agree, Dan. I maybe, don't think they're Maybe really... they're being cool and they're not going to do it. They're going to be like, yo, U.S., we best would, start streaming everything now, so get your internet better. I mean, again, that's the advantage Sony has owning a movie studio. I suppose it's just that Samsung couldn't find anybody who wanted to partner with them. Um, Samsung also announced a TV so large you can't even wrap your arms around it. That's right. Um, how about 105 inches of television? Oh, my God. That's right. It is the... Uh, they claim the point. First curved Ultra HD TV. Uh, let me uh, play a little video here while we talk. No, I don't want to see your ad for it. Stop it. Um, so gratuitous. Of course, we talked about this uh, on previous shows that the big uh, story at... What is going on? This thing's... So... What is wrong with this? Verge, why are you terrible? You have to, like, click behind that. There we go. I just wanted to mute it so I could hear myself think while this was playing. Um, so we talked about this in past shows that Ultra HD is the uh, big thing this year at CES, and every manufacturer announced uh, their latest editions. Here we see Samsung's. This is a 105-inch curved ultra-high-definition television. Um, several manufacturers are pushing curved TVs, Samsung, LG, among many. Uh, what I like about this TV, and you see here in the video, it actually has a, a curved piece of wood behind it on its little stand. Um, it's an absolutely beautiful product. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'll stop that so I can read this. It has a 21 to 9 aspect ratio like you would see in a theater, um, which is ridiculous. Which is all no I've ever wanted. Why can't... It's coming. Always... It's coming, Dan. <laughs> Dan Why didn't they do that last time, though? Well... I couldn't tell you, quite honestly. Like, that, that, no, that's a fair question. Oh, I thought, like, when we had TV the stupid 4x3 TVs, they had the black bars on them, we still have the black bars. But that, you know, I, I think it's because once television starts getting shot in 12x9, um, I think then you'll see it. Yeah. Um, yes. It has a bunch of other fancy features like auto depth enhancer and other BS um, that I don't care enough to talk about. Um... They're offering it in 105 uh, and as well as in several other sizes. 
Um, these are LCD panels. Pricing and availability are not available yet, but uh, mm-hmm. trust me, they are absurdly expensive. <laughs> um, let me uh, show you. This is the wood back I talked about. Uh, you know, clearly, I mean, you're getting what you pay for um, mm-hmm. with these products. Um, let's see. I also wanted to. Uh, where is it? Samsung also launched a uh, television that, with a push of a button, goes from flat to curved. Uh, <laughs> I'm not making this up. I wish I was. <laughs> um, but I don't have it here, so I'm going to have to try and find it. Um, what is going on, computer? Um, so, uh, of course, these will all have Samsung Smart TV platform on them, because uh, if you're going to spend seven or $8,000 on an enormous TV, it better be smart. Um... Samsung uh, TV. Um, let's see what else we have here. Uh, Samsung also launched the uh, Galaxy Tab Pro and Note Pro tablets, including if you, if uh, you guys watched the um, if you guys watched uh, our last week's show, our prediction show, I predicted a 13-inch uh, iPad Pro. Well, uh, as usual, Samsung decided to get crazy and do it first. Um, and uh, they announced the uh, Galaxy Tab Pro and Note Pro, uh, including a 12.2-inch uh, uh, version of those tablets. Uh, they're going to come in three different sizes, 8.4, 10.1, and 12.2. Uh, the Note Pro is the only one available in 12.2. They all have uh, HD uh, displays, Android, uh, with cameras. Their tablets. There's really not much more to say about them. What's interesting is they have a new four-pane multi-window multitasking, which I guess makes sense if you have 12 inches to play with. Um, and it also uses their new home screen layout called Magazine UI. Uh, it's kind of a flipboard ripoff, to be quite honest. Um, it's a very similar concept using uh, tiles. Uh, here are some pictures of all those different tablets. There is the, uh, the new interface which is supposed to combine everything from your calendar and your contacts and the news and your apps and, you know, that usual jazz. Um, oh, man, smart gestures. Oh, all the gestures, Dan. All oh. the gestures. And there you go. You see the full range of sizes. I'm really the- thankful that the smart gestures require you to have the pen because <laughs> only when I'm using a tablet, I always have a pen in my hand anyways. So... Are you being sarcastic? Why not? They Maybe. do come with that faux leather stitching on the back, which nice. everyone loves. A real sign yeah. of quality. See, this uh, is the this is like the Samsung Experience Store makes so much more sense now. Like the giant plastic diamonds, a faux leather tablet just fits right in. Oh, they're just so tacky. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, no pricing. Uh, they said they'll be available for sale this quarter, which usually means by March or April. Um, and uh, there are accessories as well, including a Bluetooth mouse and keyboard. Um, so if you're a big Samsung tablet fan, uh, you're going to want to check those out. Um, let's see. What else does Samsung have for us? Uh, Samsung, of course, uh, makes, more than just, uh, makes more than just televisions or uh, tablets. They announced updates to appliances, but we're not an appliance show, so just let's just say they have a giant washer and dryer and a refrigerator <laughs> that's smart. Woo! I don't, yeah, get excited, people. Um, 
let's see. I think I found a uh, video of the Curve TV here. <laughs> I've never been more excited for anything in my entire it's life. It's pretty ridiculous. What are we looking at? See, see, do you see it there bend out? Oh. Uh, and it goes from being flat to being curved. That's what you're looking at. It's an 85-inch television that you can take and bend. So, yeah. I know exciting. it's really exciting. Um let's see. Um That's pretty much it for uh the big stuff Samsung announced. Um any thoughts or comments on Samsung? No. Yeah. Okay. That's well, you know, does um, anyone really want a 13-inch tablet? We can talk about that if we want to. But there's so well, much more, we might as well not talk yeah, about it, I guess. Well, we'll keep moving on. Curve TVs we'll okay. talk about at some point, but we've got a lot more companies to talk about. Um if we're going in chronological order, uh I believe our next would be Sony. Uh I joke that Sony announced a bunch of stuff no one will buy uh because it's Sony. <laughs> Um, which is really interesting because I, I always find it so funny that Sony makes nice products and no one ever thinks about buying Sony products. <laughs> you know? But that's not going to stop them from announcing new things. So, uh, the One of the things I thought they announced that was most interesting to me was the uh, new Sony Handycam uh, FDR-AX100. Um... And outside of all that gobbledygook, what it means to you is uh, a handy cam that shoots 4K. Look at the size of this. Um, here, share this. Um, and it's handheld. You can operate it with one hand. It's very small. Um, but what's interesting is it shoots 4K. How much would you pay for this? 4K. 8000 7000 How about $2,000? Now, I know that sounds like a lot. Hey, YouTube supports but, 4K. Is it reasonable? I guess it is. It does. No, and you're totally right. And, you know, we talk about the future being 4K, but, you know, HD, movies were shot in HD forever. That didn't make a difference. It wasn't until you get HD in the hands of consumers that we see it take off. And I think this is an, a really cool um, product, and at a price to shoot 4K, you know, certainly I'm not going to buy one, but... Um, I think it opens the door to a lot of new um, 4K content, which is really We're not going to record the podcast in 4K next week? You know, believe it or not, when he said it was going to be really affordable, I really did think for a second. But then I realized, <laughs> we can't even do the Google Hangout in 4K. It would be, why even I can't even do it in 1080p. You know? Um, <laughs> so... Uh, we don't need to get Mac Pros first. Then we yeah, can do the podcast I don't think, in 4K. I don't think I spend, like... Man. What? Um, <laughs> we'll just... It's okay. okay. Um, <laughs> and what's also cool is that the camera has a chip inside that will uh, downscale the 4K content to uh, 1080p if you want to export it to a computer or something and you're not looking to do the full 4K, so it's a very flexible device. So I'm excited. I think that's a cool product. Um... Let's see. Cool. Um, Sony announced smartphones no one wants. Um, I'm being harsh on Sony today. I think everyone will... I don't know... Do they no, even sell them in the U.S.? Like They do now. Well, they did a little bit, and now they're really making a push. Okay. 
Um, I bet it'll get better. But they're pretty, they're, when I go, when I went to the Verizon store and I bought a phone last time, I don't think there were any Sony. No, they're T-Mobile exclusive. Oh, that's that why. It. You know, and all reviews oh, they're say they're T-Mobile are, exclu- exclusive. They are, and <laughs> all reviews say these are excellent phones. Yeah, but um, you don't think to buy Sony. So uh, they announced a couple things. Uh, the um, Xperia Z1 is a phone that's been around for a while. They announced the uh, Sony got to be different. Rather than taking uh, a small phone and making it bigger, they're going to take their big phone and make it smaller with the Xperia Z1 Compact. Um, this is a 4.3-inch smartphone. Um, oh, you see awesome. it there? Um, it is, and it's... Um, let's see, it's got an IPS display. Uh, it looks Android incredibly Android. reasonable. It is, and it's, uh, you know, this is very similar. The Z1 was very highly reviewed. Um, this has, I think he said, a 20-megapixel camera. Um, Sony is known for their lenses, so I'm going to assume it's a good uh, lens on there, LTE, NFC. Uh, like I said, that 20-megapixel camera um, with a uh, custom graphics processor. And um, there you go. That'll be coming to... Uh, so that phone is being launched internationally. A variant on that phone, the Z1S, is um, exclusive to T-Mobile. That will be coming to the U.S. Uh, that is the 5-inch 1080p display with the 20-megapixel camera. Um, if you buy it on T-Mobile, uh, you get some additional free content they're throwing in there. Uh, you get some free movies. You, if, you, if you buy the phone and a PlayStation 4, they'll send you a $100 gift card. Because <laughs> um, why not? And uh, yeah. it will be available on T-Mobile uh, online January 13th and in stores on January 22nd. So uh, if you are a fan of Sony, uh, you can pick it up. All their phones are completely waterproof, by the way, um, which is Whoa. really neat. Uh, you want to shoot underwater or all kinds of cool stuff like use it in the shower. Um, they're <laughs> absolutely waterproof. Shoot underwater? Use That's what they the show shower. in all the commercials. In all the commercials, they always have like some dude... Like, actually, I think the, the picture I have, I don't am I still sharing my... Yeah, this picture right here, I think this is in a fish tank. Um, nice. So, uh, those are Sony phones. Um, another big thing, they updated their televisions. Nothing really interesting to announce there. Uh, one thing I thought was weird was um, the fact that Sony refuses to say Ultra HD. Um, whereas Samsung was UHD, Ultra HD. Uh, Sony will only say 4K. Oh, yeah. They didn't say Ultra HD once, and I noticed that, and I thought it was interesting. Totally. You know, it, well, you got to brand your stuff. Well, maybe that's how Sony's differentiating. They're the only people using 4K, so go figure. Um, but I think everyone's saying 4K. No well, one's saying UHD. Uh, well, Samsung is, and um, LG was, was saying Ultra HD over 4K. That's weird. It's, it's a marketing term, really. Um, and I guess Sony isn't buying into the hype. <laughs> um, the other thing to announce was uh, Sony's core fitness tracker, which is a little tiny thing. Uh, and what was interesting to me was not necessarily the hardware. Uh, do they have photos of the software? It has really cool... Here we go. Uh, it has really cool tracking software um, that you use with your Sony Core and your Sony devices that track everything from your the photos you take to when you walk or run to your sleeping to when you're on a car or a bus, um, and it creates a life log 
uh, that's the name of the software life log um, of your days and everything you do. Creepy. Uh, so there's your Sony Core. Um, okay, that was Sony. Move. We're just flying right through these. Um, let's talk um, Valve. Valve had my favorite press conference of the day because it was seven minutes long. Oh, wow. That is not a lie or an exaggeration. They went up, they said, these are our Steam machines. They're coming soon. Thanks for coming. And they left. That's awesome. <laughs> not big, And props, because all these announcements, they just drag on and on. And it's like, we are going to be the leader in innovating the smart home for your life. And they just go on and on. So to Valve, they announced 13 Steam machine partners and showed off hardware galore. So if you were wondering... Uh, we've been talking here on the show a long time about Steam Machines. Um, so here's some pictures. This is one of the smallest. Um, this is by... I don't know. Uh, by one of, This is by Gigabyte, one of their manufacturers. Um, let's see. They have photos. And they come in all shapes and sizes from your big towers um, to your nice small uh, devices here. I'll flip through these. There's an Origin. Uh, there's a really thin one right there from Scan yeah. Computers. Here's the Alienware one. Uh, they have a machine. Again, all shapes and sizes uh, with all different kinds of power. Um, there weren't details on when they'll be available. Uh, Valve says there are about 250 titles that are supported on SteamOS so far on Linux. Um, hoping to get more as time goes on. Uh, in case you're curious, those partners for hardware are uh, Material... Uh, Alternate, Next, CyberPower PC, Origin, Digital Storm, Scan Computers, Web Hallen, Gigabyte, and Zodiac, uh, and uh, among others. And these price machines will range anywhere from $499 to $6,000, depending nice. on what you want to get. <clears throat> I've been I was I've been hoping to like drop six grand on something. <laughs> so maybe that's. Uh... And if it's not going to be a Mac Pro, it might as well be a Steam Box, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, hey, it's not too bad. You know, they're they're saying one of the lower cost machines runs a Core i5 processor, eight gigabytes of RAM, uh, and either AMD or NVIDIA graphics, um, which should be enough to uh, power through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds pretty legit. Uh, let me. I wanted to find the press shots. The Alienware machine looked. All these machines actually look really, uh, really slick. They don't have a picture of it on here, but uh, they're actually all really good looking machines. So I'm actually. Uh, Really excited. Yeah, they come in like race car red and. Uh, Whoa, that's cool. They light up. They don't hover. That's misleading. Don't. <laughs> <look at that. laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, cool for um, the SteamOS folks. Um, there you go. Cool. Quick announcement. Quick, uh, quick update. Uh, let's move on. I wanted to quickly mention MakerBot, uh, the fine folks Yay. behind uh, making things in three dimensions. They unveiled a, a couple new model and some new apps, so um, they announced... i got to remember, there were so many announcements. They announced a, a new model, the Replicator Mini, which is a smaller, cheaper unit uh, designed for a, a home. Um, it includes a connected camera built in so you can watch your thing from anywhere um, and connects through Wi-Fi. Um, it retails for $1,375 and will be available this spring. It's... We're getting there. There's, Soon. there's a picture of it. Soon I'll have it 3D. And it's a good-looking machine, too. Like, I could see putting that in a home. Um, 
And uh, they also rolled out the Replicator Z18, which is the biggest unit to date. The thing is like a mini-fridge. Uh, it's massive. Uh, it can produce 12 by 12 by 18 inch uh, items. Mm. Uh, it will ship in uh, the spring for uh, $6,500. Uh, there's a picture uh, of uh, one of the models there. Um, in addition, they rolled out new desktop and mobile apps, um, including in their uh, their store that they have where you can uh, upload your own projects, um, and also announced partnerships to uh, create... Um, a verified section of their store for projects that are easy for kids or families. Huh. Um, yeah, so. I can't wait. I can't wait till like I don't know the next time you need a part for like your sink or something. I can just print it out. It's awesome. I'm it's I'm nice slowly sink. getting on board with 3D printing. Slowly, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, once I can get one for like five to seven hundred dollars, like. Something good, like one of like a MakerBot, you know, or one of those. It's then good. I'll do it. Yeah. Um. And so today they announced the consumer, the prosumer, and industrial grade. The whole range, um, are available for purchase. So if you're interested, there you go. Um. Whew, I'm getting winded. Um. So the final announcement. <laughs> you today, heard it here, folks. I I I'm very weak. Um, the final announcement today was actually tonight and ended uh, like a couple hours ago. Uh, was Intel? Uh, they had a press conference this afternoon, but they also keynoted the CEO tonight, um, and they announced a bunch of stuff. Now it's important to point out that they are a chip manufacturer, so a lot of these projects are um, prototypes that may never come to market. So uh, don't get too excited. But um, okay, yeah, I know. I hate to. I gotta because it's cool stuff. So I don't want to bum me out. Um, one of the things they uh, showed off was something they called Jarvis. Um, great name, uh, which is a Bluetooth headset. Um, let me see if there's a closer picture. There isn't, so you'll have to look at this guy wearing one. Um, it's a Bluetooth headset that pairs with an app, and it's designed to be a passive, smart device that is always listening. And you can simply have conversations with it, and... Um, without even having to touch it, it'll know, you know, you kind of do a OK Google type thing, hello Jarvis, go figure, and <laughs> um, it'll do all kinds of things with the always listening. Uh, but it is a minimal design, you see him wearing it here in this picture. Um, and it looked pretty cool, something <laughs> I'd be willing to wear um, around. They also unveiled um, a, you see this woman wearing headphones, um, these are uh, smart earbuds that uh, are actually uh, heart sensors for exercise, but they actually do the sensing in your ear through the earbud. Because <laughs> apparently there's enough blood running through there that they can uh, get your heartbeat right from there and it connects to the app on the phone um, to send that information. Um, and then you see here in this picture uh, their smart bowl, um, which is a bowl <laughs> that you uh, is designed... It knows when you put soup in it? It, <laughs> it will recharge your soup. Uh, in addition to your phone, your Jarvis, or any other products, uh, your fuel band or whatever. Um, again, these are kind of prototype reference designs, but I would like a really fancy bowl. I can just throw my phone in and it'll charge it. Because why not? Um, they also showed off a, a watch prototype. What's interesting, and in, you know, separate from the 38,000 other watches, um, is that this one is self-sustaining. There's no tethering. It has uh, connectivity built in. 
Um, how they do it, I don't know. But uh, it will have uh, wireless uh, GPS and all that built right in, so no needing to pair it. That was really the only big deal. They also announced the Edison, uh, which is a new chip from Intel. Here's a picture of a hand holding it. It's about the size of an SD card. Um, and it is a dual-core Quark system on a chip that runs Linux and has built-in Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Um, they even have uh, an app store they've designed themselves for Edison as a way to encourage people to uh, build on this new chip in small devices. Um, at the event, they showed off what they called Nursery 2.0, which was a uh, baby wearing a onesie that had this chip on it and was tracking things like temperature and heart rate, and would your coffee mug would blink if your baby was dying. I don't know. <laughs> um, and if your baby was hungry, it would automatically heat up milk because um, that's the future. And uh, there you go. There's a picture of it. Uh, they're going to. Uh, they're running, I believe, a contest where you can try and make cool things with a chip, and they'll give you prize money if you do. So uh, there you go. System on a chip, new from Intel, the Edison. It's tiny. Um, they also t we talked about dual OS. Intel talked about their role in that. Um, and the other big announcements were that uh, Intel, who had purchased McAfee Security. Um, is no longer calling it McAfee Security <laughs> as a way of distancing themselves from insane man uh, John McAfee. Or, um, yeah, <laughs> no, he's insane. Yeah, eccentric <laughs> millionaire, maybe. Um, okay. Part-time fugitive. Uh, they're now calling it Intel Security, um, and they have announced that they are um, rolling out McAfee for mobile uh, for free to everybody. I guess because they can. Um... And then the Great. other big announcement they ended with, which which I thought was actually pretty neat, was that um, Intel announced that every chip they make in uh, 2014 is going to be made with uh, conflict-free minerals. Uh, if you don't know, a lot of the minerals in today's electronics are uh, from African nations that are at war. People, There's money going to fund uh, militias that are killing people. It's really terrible. Rare metals like tungsten and uh, tin and, and other things like that. So uh, they announced after four years of working through it, um, somehow they're no longer using conflict uh, minerals. So good on you, Intel. Cool. Um, all right, let's take a breath. That's it for the big press conferences. Okay. How you guys doing? I'm still here. You're hanging in? Yeah, barely. Oh. I need some beer. Jesus. <laughs> Such beer. It's rum and coke time, Sean. Oh, I should have had mine. I just picked up throwback Pepsi at the store today. It would have been delicious. Um, <laughs> yes. So um, I wanted to talk about a, a couple big stories that weren't necessarily whole company announcements. but um, And the first being is AT&T. Man, these guys are sneaky trying to cover it away in all of the different... Um, CES coverage, uh, but it didn't work. Uh, they announced what they called sponsored data. So the way this works is um, companies can now buy out data charges for specific uh, items on your phone. So let's say, and uh, this article has a great example that I'm going to rip off, um, which is there. Uh, there's a movie, The Amazing Spider-Man. Okay, starring that guy who's in The Amazing Spider-Man. And um, it's for sale on Google Play. 
and on uh, iTunes. Okay? And you have to decide on your device which to buy it on. Let's just, I don't think you can actually do that. All right, let's say Amazon. Amazon and iTunes on your iPhone. But let's say they're the same price, but Amazon says, we're going to pay AT&T, so the data you use to watch The Amazing Spider-Man is free. Well, you're obviously going to go with Amazon because it's not going to go towards your data cap. That's what sponsored data is. Companies can buy the data you send and use. It's sort of been like that a little bit where you see phones being announced where you can access Facebook for free. It doesn't count towards your data limit. Not quite the same idea, but you get the picture. Um, where data companies can pay AT&T for the right to use the data. Um, though uh, AT&T says that this is better for consumers. It's a win-win uh, for cons- uh, businesses to reach consumers, but also for customers to... Um, get more access to content and not have it count towards their uh, data cap. Uh, those uh, on the other side say it is a scary proposition um, that eliminates net neutrality and uh, makes it unfair for those in the uh, in the marketplace and allows them to pick favorites uh, and will uh, lead to monopolies where smaller companies can't pay for this sponsored data. Um, I, think, I think Netflix should just put into it and sponsor everyone's data. Just pay for all the data? And they don't realize how big of a mistake this is. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's scary. You know, it was, I, I realized, you know, a couple years ago when they were selling off big chunks of Spectrum, the government, uh, they wanted to put net neutrality. And so they, they said, fine, net neutrality is a rule except on mobile. In case you didn't know. That's the one place... <laughs> There are no net neutrality rules, and this is what you get. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's... It, I can't blame AT&T for trying, but it sucks. I mean, it really, it's really blatantly unfair to, to do this. I mean... I don't know. What, 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 what do you guys well, think? Well, didn't AT&T recently say that they didn't want to be subsidizing phones anymore? So could this be one strategy they would use to not subsidize phones anymore? Oh, absolutely. Like, hey, we don't subsidize your phone, but by the way, free Facebook. Yeah, well, I mean, let's be honest. These companies are always looking for alternate revenue streams, and, and I, I can't say I'm surprised that they would monetize the data even more, but I... I mean, it is a win for consumers, really, because they're going to get more for their money. Um, the problem is going to be the small guys who get left out who can't afford to pay to pay for it. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, so every person who makes a new app has to realize that they're not going to... They're going to be disfavored against the incumbent because they don't have free data... Especially yeah. for things like multimedia, you know, texting or that's sort of different. But when you talk about movies and you talk about pictures and Instagram and Vine and services like these, you know, I, that's that's where your bandwidth's coming in, and I think that's going to make a big difference. Especially as tablets get LTE, um, you're going to see a lot more heavy bandwidth being used, um, and that's really going to be a disservice, I think, to. Um, yeah. Yeah, it feels bad. <laughs> it feel on the Colby scale, it it feels bad. 
Um, so yeah. keep an eye out for that sponsored data. Well, keep in mind that Colby only has scale only has two values. It's either it feels good or it feels bad. <laughs> feels good or it feels bad. That's good. Well, I think we should. We need a new segment on the show. How does it feel to Colby? <laughs> yeah. And that's it. You you guys can can present something something detailed or not, and I will decide whether <laughs> whether it feels good or bad. It feels bad. Yeah. Or kind of perhaps two thumbs with up explanation, perhaps without. But not guaranteed. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. That was one big story. Another big story. Um, stick a fork in it. It's done. Yes. 3D. That's right. It is over. Vizio. Uh, it, it's not, of course. All the no, most most well. It's dying. It's another nail in the coffin. Vizio announced uh, part uh, announced new 4K TVs along with everyone else, um, and has killed off all 3D in all of their new televisions. I'm proud to say that the new TV I bought did not come with 3D. Leading the charge, Dan Miller. Um, Even under ideal circumstances, like in an IMAX movie theater, so. I watched The Hobbit twice, once in IMAX 3D with Colby and once without IMAX and without 3D. And I think the ideal would just be IMAX without 3D. Like, the 3D, like, some of it was cool, but the edges were all blurry, and it just wasn't as crisp as and lifelike as not 3D. The other problem with 3D, I find, is that, like, it's much more taxing on your eyes and yeah. stuff. Like so, The Hobbit, like Gravity. I'll give him Gravity was cool in 3D, and it was also like a 90-minute movie. So it, and was, it was okay. also against like, a black I mean. background, though. Yeah, so you yeah. didn't have all this but, crap going on. Right. It, but The Hobbit was just, like, exhausting. Like, I, I came out of there, like, wanting to go to bed. I was so tired. Yep. I absolutely agree. Vizio says it's because they did research and found most consumers weren't using it, so they figured why include it. Um, Vizio is the number one seller of uh, TVs in the United States, so I think them skipping out on it is certainly a big message to the industry. Um, most of the other TVs announced this week have 3D, but I swear I haven't heard a single t- a company mention it uh, in any of their announcements. It's all been 4K and Ultra HD. So... Um, it's good. It's one of those things we just kind of skipped over, and we'll let it go away. So good on you, Vizio. Yay. And I will also point out that Vizio announced a uh, large range of Ultra HD televisions um, that uh, apparently look great, and while they haven't announced pricing, they say they're going to be priced competitively, so that's going to be something to look out for later this year. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Vizio, they make good stuff. You, you happy with your TV, Dan? Yeah, it's great. Have you, have you used the smart apps yet? Uh, my my friend tried to set them up, and he was not able to in the five minutes that he tried, and then I told him that I already had an Apple TV. Well, so. Dan, what if I told you there was an easier way to do your smart TV? How about... I would, I would, I would react exactly as I just reacted. <laughs> well, how about the long-defunct operating system WebOS? <laughs> well, Boy. it's back! That's right, LG, uh, among washers and dryers and appliances and other things, uh, announced that from this point forward, their smart TVs are going to be running on the platform known as Web 
OS. Uh, where'd my pretty face go? There I am. Um, so here's a picture of what the interface looks like. Uh, I'll scroll through here. So you can uh, actually, I'm going to play this video because it's 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 actually a it's a really pretty uh, operating system to look at. Um, what is this? Is Ford? I know. I'm sorry. Today's Don't Panic is Damn brought ads. to you by the Ford Fusion. Ford, <laughs> if you want to sponsor Don't Panic, send us an email. We'll take your money. Honestly, I wonder I if think, Ford will take us down from YouTube for having their ad in it. Mm-hmm. That'd be funny. I, I'm not. That that's interesting. It's quite <laughs> How long ago did LG buy the WebOS stuff? Uh, a year or two ago. It was a while ago, yeah. So here's the interface. Uh, it uses sort of a singular line of apps, as you can see. Um, it's very fluid and very kind of like, like jelly, it's described as. Um, it has all the traditional apps you would expect, <laughs> your Netflix and your Hulus and all of that. Well, um, I use an operating system and I'm like... I just wish this was more like jelly. More like That's jelly. That's the only thing I think. Dan, I don't think you're ready for this jelly. <laughs> um, Something's missing. <laughs> so all of your apps are presented... It needs to be more sticky and viscous. <laughs> I think it's really pretty, and I recommend watching the video on the actual website instead of on my crappy screen share. Um, so uh, the... Um, the apps are presented horizontally, as you can see here, instead of in a grid, uh, which they claim makes it better. Um, it has all your standard collection of apps, and they have an app store like everyone else. Um, uh, another interesting thing to point out is that, Dan, you're frustrated with setting up your TV. Well, LG has a solution for you, and it's called oh, Beanbird. Right. Yeah. Beanbird is the Bean little guy Bird. here. That actually looked really cool. I want Beanbird. I want yes. Beanbird for everything. It's the Clippy of TV uh, setup helpers, and uh, what it does is it walks you through the first-time experience because LG found that uh, people don't want to do it. Um, so I the idea is it. to make them. Uh, here's some more images of what the interface looks like. Um, and uh, early reviews say it looks really good, so it's coming to 70% of LG's TVs this year. Um, and uh, assuming to be uh, more in the coming years. I think it does look like gajillions of times less shitty than, than most smart TVs I've interacted with. <laughs> yeah. It um, seems nice. You know, just nice. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Okay. I'm intrigued. Uh, let's see. I thought there was something else about this I wanted to mention. Uh, you navigate with LG's motion enable remote control. Take oh, it's a Wii. What it is. It's pointing. <laughs> kind of do one of the, one of those. Because nothing um, about that is frustrating. No, right? Yeah, the uh, gesture control or whatever they called it at the Samsung Experience Store worked flawlessly. <laughs> like it didn't matter where my hand was, it recognized it all the time. So, um, <laughs> Samsung, they make awful things. Um, so, there you go. That's uh, LG WebOS TV. It's very exciting, but, uh, you know, Ultra HD TVs aren't cheap, so you'll be paying to get that. Uh, again, no uh, dates for that yet. Um, the other quick thing to announce with LG is we've talked about the LG Flex, that really curved smartphone. 
Um, it's coming to the U.S., so AT&T, Sprint, and T-Mobile will be carrying it this quarter. Um, uh, no pricing uh, available yet for that. So uh, if you're really interested in a really curvy phone, uh, there you go. AT&T, Sprint, and T-Mobile this quarter. Um, let's talk... This may have just become one of the new Sean Really Wants products. Um, and this would be the Pebble Steel. Now, uh, Peel. if you've been watching this show, hopefully you're aware, uh, Pebble is the uh, smartwatch company, made a gazillion dollars on Kickstarter with their e-ink based... A gazillion? Based, a gazillion. Um, with wow. their e-ink based smartwatch. Um, well, today they announced a big update... Um, where they are going to come in uh, steel and leather bands. Now, traditionally, they came in a um, silicone kind of plasticky band, uh, but these are a new beautiful design with a steel uh, case around them, and then you have metal or leather bands you see in the pictures here. Uh, here it is next to the old one, and it has a slightly smaller design, um, and apparently it's really quite pretty to look at. Um, it has the exact same software, so there's no changes there. You'll still be able to use the same apps, uh, and the same systems you were using previously. It's really just more of an aesthetic change. Um, the, yeah. Why yeah. do you want this over the old Pebble Watch? Because... It looks less terrible. It does. But it's it just really notifications crazy. on your wrist. No, it has apps well, yeah. now, man. You can do stuff right from the watch. You can like, check in Foursquare from the watch, and you can um, launch apps from the watch. They, they, and, you know, you may not, and actually, I don't think we even talk about this on the show. Version 2.0 of the Pebble software has an app store, um, and you can do things like launch Pandora from the watch, um, yeah. change stations, do all that from the watch. You can check in on Foursquare from the watch. Um, they've actually added a lot of Foursquare um, check-ins. Cool, I would do that. Yeah, and they've added a lot of. Um, but I just want I want to check in everywhere, and the easier it makes it for me to do that. Well, it should be. You know, it uses the GPS, so. You basically launch Foursquare, and it shows you a place, the closest place to you. If it's not that, you can scroll, but it's really two clicks to check in. That's cool. Um, there are more apps coming, uh, but there's ever more you can do directly from the watch. But I think um, I think it just is more legitimized in this design, personally. Uh, now, of course, there is a price difference. The current Pebble, uh, which I believe they're going to continue to sell, is at $150. Um, this new one, uh, the only hardware difference being a doubling of the RAM from 4 megabytes to 8 megabytes, um, will cost you a uh, very large uh, $249. So it's going to be an extra $100 um, <clears throat> to get it in the metal with the metal bands. I just think it's really neat. And I've always been a fan of the Pebble. Um, I think it's one of the best smartwatches out there if you want a smartwatch. Um, I think its strategy is smart. Um, and if I had to get a smartwatch, I'd probably get the Pebble. I agree. It's the least terrible smartwatch out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, you I, know, I agree with that. They're not doing this the I'm just thing. not sure a smartwatch is what I want. Like, I want something that does that sort of thing, but I'm not sure what it is yet. It's not. No, and you're right. And it's not there yet. But um, I want something now. I'm not willing to wait. So I think this is a good... Uh, do it. Well, alternative. I, I would enjoy that that live don't panic review of of the Pebble of the Pebble the, Watch. The Pebble I gotta get my watch. hands on one. 
Uh, they sell them at Best Buy now, I guess. So oh. I haven't seen it before. Not that I ever go into Best Buy, but um, I met at least one person who has one and wears it all the time and seems to like it a lot. It's uh, hey, you guys know me well enough to know that I buy the new thing, get bored with it after a week, and then uh, <laughs> sell it. Um. Well, we have uh, gone long tonight, uh, so we have a whole other set of what I call quick stories uh, where there isn't a lot to it, but I think we'll save those for next week because most of the announcements for CES are already done. There'll be a few more, but um, does that sound good to you guys? Yeah. And we'll go on to our picks. Um, our picks are kind of weak this week, um, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um. I picked uh, a CES announcement. Uh, you may know the company, AR Drone. Uh, they had that quadrocopter for consumers that was one of the first kind of toy-type drones you could buy. Um, they came out with some new products this week, a uh, mini qu- uh, quadcopter, which is cool, but my favorite, which is they call the Jumping Sumo, um, which is this little two-wheeled robot you see here. Um, let's scroll down. I'd show you the video, but uh, it doesn't... Um, uh, where's the jumping sumo? Here it is. Uh, so it's a little two-wheeled robot. It has a camera on the front. Um, it's controlled with your smartphone, and you see here in the back this little spring. Mm-hmm. What it actually does is it tilts itself up, lowers, and then it want and it launches itself into the air, up like company Google bot already did that. Up like seven or eight feet. Uh, what bot? The company that Google bot. Boston Dynamics. They well, already. No, but they, they have, yeah. Well, this is a toy, Dan. This isn't. Yeah, yeah. I know. But it's it's really. I thought like if I were a kid, this would be on my Christmas wish list, because <laughs> you control it. You see here uh, on your tablet, the camera at ground level. It can do little three sixties and one eighties and little tricks, and then it jumps in the air. It's so cool. I I really want to play with one of these. <laughs> um, the only bummer to this is that um. No pricing, um, though they're expected to be uh, in the $100 to $200 range. Uh, what bugged me was that it has a 20-minute battery life, which is really a bummer. Um, yeah. But it is really neat, and 160-foot um, range over uh, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth to control it. Um, so the, the jumping sumo from AR Drone is uh, a, just a cool little thing that I saw that I said, uh, God, I, I want that. I would be interested in the tiny quadcopter. Like, yeah, the tiny, you know, and they have their full-size one, and they're going to continue to make that. Uh, but that retails for two... Um, no, what did I click on? Um, but that retails for two ninety nine. It's a little pricey. So you see here, uh, it actually has two wheels on the side, and you can kind of roll it on the ground to get it where you want it. And then, it, you know, it takes off, and you can whack it, and it'll correct itself. Um can you fly it without the wheels? Because they look really yes, yes, you can. Uh, it looks kind of like a little angry guy on the front, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I totally want one of those. But you can drive it around. Uh, let's see. Um, the only thing is the battery life. It has a six to seven minute playtime oh. on a full charge. <clears throat> Go figure. Uh, it uses Bluetooth 4.0 uh, to control it using your phone. I don't want that. This doesn't have a camera. The full-sized uh, drone they have uh, does have a camera on it, so something to keep in mind. They make cool stuff. It's cool toy stuff. Uh, you know, your kind of Brookstone Sky Mall type stuff, <laughs> um, which is really neat. So, um, 
Do you guys have picks this week? We uh, do. We don't have to do them though. Well, we if can you save them for next week. If okay, whatever <laughs> you guys want to do, you're the boss. I'm I'm unpicking the weather uh, because it ruined my travel plans. Uh, which is, I guess, it ends up. It's like really, it's fine because I ended up get ending up. I ended up with a cheaper flight just three days after That's I was planning on flying. Now, who are you flying with? Uh, I was flying with JetBlue, um, um, but I will be taking United on Wednesday. Did, did they? Did you use any technology in the cancellation of your flight? Did you use an app or? Well, I believe uh, I tried to use their website. I tried to use their website, um, but it didn't. It wasn't working for whatever reason. So I sat on hold for approximately sixty minutes, uh, and then I spoke to a person. A human? Yeah, yeah. They exist. They're, to be fair, though, JetBlue's humans are very nice on the phone. They're very helpful, uh, but I had to wait sixty minutes to talk to that human. So. Well, but it worked. They gave me all my money back, so that was that was cool. So, Colby, would you say the weather feels bad? Yeah, it feels bad. <laughs> feels bad. Also, I su- suspect it's going to feel worse because it's supposed to get real cold. Yes. If, if what Dan told us earlier is the truth. It is cold up here in the Northeast. It's about to get colder. This is why it's good to have Colby as our West Coast correspondent. He can give us the a more wide-ranging view of the nation. <laughs> 60 degrees. We're all up here uh, freezing our butts off. Uh, Dan, anything you want to talk about this week? Well, I used Aereo to stream uh, the New Year's thing ball drop, and that worked really well. The quality was really good. And yeah. now I can record... I don't know if I, did I pick Downton Abbey before? I don't think so. Okay, well that's another pick. You get two picks <laughs> for a pick update and a pick. Downton Abbey is really good, and there's a new season, and I can DVR record it on Aereo and watch it whenever I want, which I can't watch now because I still haven't finished the other season. But I'm saving all of the episodes that are airing on Aereo, and then I can just watch them later, which is awesome. Very cool. It's a must-watch from Dan and using the newest cutting-edge stuff to watch it. Very good. Well, we uh, we certainly hope you enjoyed our CES coverage part one. Make sure you join us next Monday where we'll have even more coverage. Uh, there's Audi is having a press conference right now. They're going to be talking about their new stuff with Google. Um, we're definitely going to talk about that. Uh, and I know there's a couple more press conferences as well, uh, and we're going to have all that coverage, uh, including some cool... How about a slow cooker you can control with your smartphone? There's a teaser for you. That's all um, I want. Some, some really cool stuff. Uh, so definitely yeah, check us out. I've ever wanted. Of course, as always, we are at don'tpanic.io. Check out our shiny new website. I want to remind everybody, we're, we're still running our mug giveaway. we got another week to go. Uh, check it out, facebook.com slash don'tpanicshow, and click on mug giveaway. Uh, it's easy to enter, uh, and you can enter every uh, once a day, every day now through uh, next week. So um, <laughs> check it out. High-quality stuff. You're going to want to have your mug. Um, and, of course, don't panic. Show at gmail.com if you have any other feedback for us. Um, I think that wraps us up. I need a, a hot shower, man. I'm sweating. Whew. That was intense. So that much was, talking. That was something else. But you know what? We do it for you, the fan. So uh, we thank you all for listening. Uh, we hope to see you next week. But for now, uh, 
good night.